Today I have with me Jorge Moreno. He is the partner at Inodu in uh, Chile. And Jorge has recently published a report on the decarbonization efforts of Chile. So today we will have a discussion with him about this report and about his views and insights on decarbonization in his country. Uh, thank you for uh, speaking to us today, Jorge. Uh, well, thanks, Prad, um, and the Florence School of Regulation for the interest in our report and the invitation to participate in, the, in this webcast. Uh, okay, so we will quickly get into the meat of the discussion, uh, so to say. So what is Chile's decarbonization commitment under the Paris Agreement? Yeah, so in the intended national determined contributions uh, published by Chile in 2015, uh, the country committed to reduce its CO2 emissions per GDP unit to 30% below the 2007 levels by 2030. And in 2017, Chile ratified its commitment made under the Paris Agreement uh, to the Conference of the Parties. Okay, uh, as a follow-up question, so these measures, I mean, these um, commitments that you have now are quite um, quite strong and uh, they, they require a quite a strong effort and commitment from the Chilean government. And also, of course, Chile has been at the forefront of innovative regulation. So what are the key measures that uh, the Chilean government has taken um, to really reach these ambitious goals? Yeah, so... Um during the last couple of years, I would say that Chile has been a leader in establishing forward-thinking carbon policy in Latin America. In 2014, for example, Chile imposed a carbon tax of $5 per ton of CO2 emitted on generation facilities uh, with a carbon capacity of 50 thermal megawatts or more. The implementation of the carbon tax uh, began in 2017. The Chilean government and the Ministry of Energy have relied on other carbon policy instruments to advance in the decarbonization of the electricity system. Amongst them, uh, establishing a working group to develop voluntary and bidding agreements to retire coal generation facilities. On January 2011, for example, an agreement uh, was signed between the Chilean government and the companies which own coal-fired power plants. The agreements in the process was facilitated by the Ministry of Energy and the Chilean Generator Industry Association. The agreement stated the following. Um, first, no new coal-fired projects were going to be developed unless they, have, they had carbon capture and storage technologies or an equivalent. Second, the Ministry of Energy will establish a working group with uh, main stakeholders to jointly evaluate the social, economic, environmental, health, employment, and technical trade-off associated with the definition of a decarbonization plan for the electricity system. Recently, the Chilean government announced more aggressive decarbonization goals by presenting its intention to reach carbon neutrality by 2040. The country has been also implementing the national electromobility strategy. In this context, different initiatives to promote electromobility use are being deployed. Finally, I will say that Chile has uh, other carbon policy initiatives in development, an, ener an energy efficiency and a climate change, change law 
are being developed and discussed to further advance decarbonization efforts. It's very interesting to see that Chile is going for a multi-pronged approach to addressing and reaching its Paris goals and even probably crossing them. Um, but what sort of impact do you see of these measures in the recent time? Has, have, has, have you already started observing changes uh, to your power system, to your mobility effort, etc.? Yeah. So, for example, uh, the working group led by the Ministry of Energy included policymakers, industry experts, NGOs, industrial associations, academia, and premier executives. The working group established a process which lasted for six months. The primary objective of the process was to conduct a multidisciplinary analysis which would allow the working group to jointly develop a conversion and retirement schedule for existing coal generation facilities. The multidisciplinary analysis reviewed environmental, social, economic, reliability, system adequacy elements associated to the retirement or conversion of a coal facility. The working group explored uh, technological alternatives and best practices for the retirement and conversion of coal facilities. As a result of this process, uh, for example, in June 2019, a generation company signed agreements with the government to retire eight units, 1,047 megawatts, within the next five years. As part of the decarbonization commitments, the Ministry of Energy and the generation companies must review the decarbonization plan every five years. All companies which own generation assets also committed to first not starting any new coal power plants projects which do not have a carbon capture or storage system or an equivalent technology. Second, stopping operation of all coal facilities by 2040. And finally, uh, keeping their existing unit as strategic reserves for a maximum of five years after they are retired. And then finally, looking a bit into the future, now we already saw what the commitments were, what sort of measures were taken and what sort of impacts that we are seeing. Uh, so let's go a bit more into the future. And uh, can you di discuss a bit more about what sort of key recommendations uh, do you foresee for facilitating rapid decarbonization in Chile in the coming years? Yeah, sure. So converting or closing a coal-fired power plant has several social and, and environmental challenges. To minimize the environmental, social, and economic challenges created by the retirement or conversion of a coal-fired generation units, the following uh, best practices should be followed. First, provide certainty to new environmental uh, requirements such as emission restrictions or carbon pricing or taxing. Uh, second, communicate the closure with anticipation. A schedule must uh, be set and disclosed especially to the affected communities. Uh, third, establish an early definition of goals and purpose for the site. The use of the remaining site must take into consideration the community's needs as well as the technical and economical feasible options. Fourth, conduct environmental research early for the site to determine if there is contamination that must be remediated. And fifth, uh, address the economic challenges created by the plants decommissioning. 
the roles and responsibilities that will have to be assumed by either current stakeholders or parties that might be interested to address uh, the challenges faced will have to be defined. And in this context, the following should be addressed. For example, first, defining the closest film, uh, the closing film responsibility in terms of the site's remediation and the future development uh, of the community. Second, use multi-stakeholder groups to identify potential uses for the site and uh, or provide input to entities responsible to find and evaluate alternative uses uh, for the unit and the site. Third, establish opportunities which encourage uh, third parties to present possible development alternatives for the site and couple them with financial incentives. And four, define the role of the municipality and key local stakeholders. Finally, I will say that decarbonization cannot be addressed effectively and efficiently relying just on one policy. Uh, to effectively decarbonize the system, a broad set of policy adjustments uh, and market trends must be leveraged. For example, in Chile, it will be very important to continue to advance and monitor the following. The availability and price of shale gas for Argentina, the flexibility of, thermoelectric, of the thermoelectric generation portfolio, unique commitment procedures used by the independent system operator, the evolution and competitiveness of alternatives to compare or replace coal facilities, the LCOE of renewables or emerging technologies, the evolution of power purchase agreements with non-regulated clients, reliability metrics and adequacy goals, the effectiveness of the current carbon tax to address the carbonization goals. And I would say that particularly this is very important uh, because enhancing the current carbon tax will help achieve concrete decarbonization goals and help satisfy the needs of stakeholders by providing more certainty and urgency to decarbonization efforts. Um, I think this has been an interesting podcast, which has given our speakers and me personally also a very, inter very deep view, a detailed view on the decarbonization effort in Chile. I'm sure that our uh, listeners have taken away some useful tips and information from this. Uh, I would like to thank Jorge very much for your insights, uh, and it has been a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, Brad, and the Front School of Regulation for this invitation.